Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. you let one negative thing ruin your day instead of appreciating the thousands of positive things that went right? If gratitude's so helpful, then why is it so difficult to practice? And how do you get a bass player off of your front porch? Human guinea pig and best-selling author A.J. Jacobs returns to discuss what he's learned from his latest long-term experiment. This time, he set out to explore what will make him less grouchy. And it all starts with a simple cup of coffee. Hey, Trip. AJ, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Hold on. Let me do this. Hopefully this is better. You've got the nice, fancy microphone there. I try. I try to be professional, but it works only half the time. But I hope hopefully it's working now. Only half the time? What's yeah. uh, Just it's temperamental, like a kind of a diva microphone? Well, for my, la- my lack of... Uh, of gadget savviness. Okay. So uh, I'm thankful, of course, to oh, be on your show. I was wondering when that first one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> you got in there. Uh, in there. You know, you've been on the on the show several times, and you've come on to talk about uh, the year of living biblically. Biblically. Let's try that one again. You've talked about the year of living biblically. Still going to work on that one. Drop dead healthy. You're you're this human guinea pig. Um, was your wife happy that you did something not so crazy this time around and, and just just went That's down this a good road? question. Yeah, I, this was better for my marriage than several of my other books. Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, I did one called The Year of Living Biblically, where I had to follow all the rules of the Old Testament, including grow this huge beard. I had this topiary hanging from my chin and my wife wouldn't kiss me for seven months and uh, and I couldn't touch her when she was menstruating so yeah she didn't love that this one it was much uh, you know it was much about easier. gratitude and uh, you know good lesson for our kids so yes it definitely it bought me some capital well, when you came on and we talked about drop dead healthy and we talked about all these different practices that you were into and I asked you what was the main one that really stuck out and you mentioned gratitude at the time so 
I, why, why do you think it's so hard for people to get it to, to practice this thing? What's the resistance to practicing gratitude? It seems like it would be really simple. We say thank you all the time, but that's not right. really what the practice is. I, I'm just curious from your perspective to, to go out and write this book about gratitude. And you do it in such an interesting, unique way. But like just right off the top, why do people kind of have a hard time expressing sincere gratitude, not just the yeah. social things that we're supposed to say when you hold the door or something like that? Well, I just don't think we're wired to be grateful. Uh, and if you believe evolutionary psychology, it, it's because when we were cave people, it was much more important to focus on the negative. You want to focus on the one wild mushroom that is poisonous. You want to focus on the lion who might chase you as opposed to, you know, marveling at all the good things. Um, but now, nowadays, it's just a terrible way to go through life, a cause of a lot of stress and and depression. And, you know, I often think about it as my battle between my inner Larry David and my inner Mr. Rogers. And <laughs> the Larry David, I believe when I was born, you know, I was just temperamentally, the Larry David side is really strong. But, and that means grumpy, agitated, grumpy. irritated, like just in it, like injustifiably so. Even though everything's right. going well in life, we just still got to find a reason to be kind of exactly eh, find about the it. negative. We are excellent at finding the negative, the, and focusing on that. The three or four things that go wrong every day, as opposed to either the hundreds that we just don't notice that go right. So this book was an attempt to systematically build up that Mr. Rogers side. And, and it worked to okay. some extent, you know, there's still, I still complain and notice the negative, but it's been a, it's been a radical change in perspective. Well, I want to come back to this. You call it in the book, you call it the negative negativity bias, the negative bias. We have a, a, a deficit mindset instead of a, mm. a surplus mindset. Um, what do you find for yourself when you're in that place? And you describe some of the scenarios, like when you're at the, you miss the subway and that kind of stuff. But like, what do you do when you find yourself in that place of you're in your Larry David and you want to be a little bit more Mr. Rogers? Well, I think, yeah, there are several strategies. And I think it's like a practice. It's like, you know, training for a triathlon. You actually have to go out and do this consciously. So it could be... Yeah, making a note to yourself every time something goes right. Like, so I talk about when I press the elevator button, I'm thankful the elevator comes. I, I get in the elevator. I'm thankful it doesn't plummet to the basement and break my <laughs> collarbone. You know, there are hundreds of things that go right that we don't notice. And we focus on, uh, on the, the ones that go wrong. And, um, and this whole book was kind of an exercise in reminding myself all that I take for granted, yeah. And and the premise of the book uh, is, as as you know, that I take my cup of coffee and I try to thank every single person who made that cup of coffee possible, however small their role. And it was it was fascinating because you do see that it is. A network. It's hundreds of people. It's six degrees of gratitude because you know you. I can thank the truck driver, but for carrying the coffee beans, but he couldn't do his job without the guy who built the road. So I got to thank that person. Yeah. And then you know the person who drew, painted the yellow lines on the road so the truck didn't veer into oncoming traffic. You know, and you can. I could have spent twenty five. I could have spent the rest of my life 
finding people. Well, to that's thank. right. Like, so interconnected, all the little things that have to go into place to have your cup of coffee every morning. It's just easy to just, like you said, you just kind of shove your credit card in the face of the barista and just like, here, you know, but exactly. all the things that had to, co- to to line up in order for you to have just this simple cup of coffee. And when we break it down, it's actually quite a miracle that all these things happened and it all is. the people that, that, that showed up and, and you call them the bass players of life. What do you mean by that? Oh, by the way, how do you get a bass player off your front porch? How do you do it? <laughs> you pay him for the pizza. Uh, so, but what do you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a musician. You got to throw a bass player joke in there. But... I see. I see the guitar okay. in the background, and that's not a bass guitar. That's not a, no, no. I got one over here though. I, I love bass players. Don't don't worry about that. But the, <laughs> but what what is that? What is you're talking about? How we've got this thing. We all want to be the the center. You know, we want to be center stage. We want to be the rock star. We want to be the lead singer, lead guitarist. Right. And yet, the world is built upon the rhythm section. It's built upon the, these bass players of life. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Just what you said, that the bass players are so important and so under-recognized. And this actually came about because I hung out a lot with a bass player for this book. His his day job is that he is the guy who tastes the coffee for my cafe. Like, he samples the beans. And it's hilarious because, you know, he'll taste a, a cup and his face will light up and he'll start spouting adjectives like, you know, this tastes like pineapple upside down cake and maple syrup and hints of <laughs> lavender and i'll take it a, a sip and be like tastes like coffee to me yeah. that's what i'm thinking of coffee but just um learning from him i did start to appreciate all that goes into it and what i love is that uh if he didn't spend all this time and passion then my life would be a little less rich because my coffee wouldn't be quite as good and and he talked about it's weird that you're featuring me because I'm a bass player. And he said, but bass players are important and uh, and we just don't get the recognition. And I love that because I do think, like you said, we have everyone wants to be the rock star. Everyone wants to be the center of attention. But that's not the way the world. That's not how we get great science. We need we need people who are doing some of the less glamorous work of replicating experiments. And it reminds me of, I saw a couple of weeks ago, a Chris Rock, his one of his uh, recent stand-ups, he was talking about it in terms of marriage. He said, in terms of marriage, you know, you've got to remember that you are not always the lead singer. Sometimes you got to stand in the background and play the tambourine. That's what he called. Yeah, his, his that was the name of the show. special. Yeah, yeah, Tam, and I loved that. And he said the key is you can't. You got to look like you're having a good time playing. The, <laughs> don't be like you can't be like sneering and like all angry that you're playing the tambourine. You play that tambourine and you enjoy it because that's true. You know, you can't always. Life does not work if everyone is the lead singer all the time. Well, I think that's why a lot of people are pissed off and resentful is there's this entitlement. There's this sense like, I should be the lead singer. I should be out in front. I shouldn't be <laughs> in the background, um, you know, just kind of in the tapestry of life. But it seems like if, you di- if you're disconnected from the meaning of what you're doing, and I think that was really cool, the book, like you're just calling these people up and you're offering them gratitude and they're like, uh, <laughs> who are you? Uh, but it's like they, they're not even really connected to the meaning that they provide. But is it is is really are do we are we getting a recipe here? And I know the Buddhists have been on the track for this for a lives. Like the more you get over yourself, the more the, the more enjoyment you start to have and the more you start to see how you're interconnected and you're you're contributing to one another, even if it's just 
yeah, we're in a co- in the coffee business, big deal, right? But no, it means a lot to people yeah, if, if I can really connect to it. A lot. Uh, I mean, it reminds me of this this anecdote I heard, which I looked into, and it does it does seem to have really happened. It's not apocryphal. But JFK, well, John, when he was president, was touring NASA, and uh, he passed by a janitor, and he asked the janitor, you know, what do you do? And the janitor said, well, I'm helping people to get to the moon. And I love that because he saw his job not as like this this uh, terrible, um, demeaning job of cleaning the toilets. and uh, But instead, he saw it as part of a bigger picture of, you know, he's got to keep the place clean and safe so that the, ast- the engineers can do their job and the astronauts can do their job. And I'm sure that that frame of mind is much healthier than when you see the big picture. And, and there have been tons of studies on this too. You know, when you when you're able to reframe it, when you're t- able to talk to tell um, even fundraisers, when you show fundraisers uh, the people that they help, or like you know the students who have gotten um, uh, scholarships because of their. Uh, uh, of their fundraising, they're much more motivated. So yeah, yeah they just write uh, a check and it goes off, and they don't really see the the impact that they're having. But if you see the impact that you're having, it's like, well, man, I'm gonna keep going. This this feels right. good. I can see this. And I think almost every job has that. You just have to recognize it. Well, it seems like we got to shift that frame of mind too. One of the things that I'm gonna read a quote here. You, you quoted UC Davis psychology professor Robert Emmons. And you said he's considered the father of gratitude research, but he, he flips it around. Like we're talking about being grateful for the position that we have, but in, and also to have uh, what he says, grateful living is possible only when we realize that other people and agents do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Gratitude emerges from two stages of information processing, affirmation and recognition. We affirm the good and credit others with bringing it about. In gratitude, we recognize that the source of goodness is outside of ourselves. So on one hand, mm. we're talking about, hey, I recognize my position here. I'm part of, of, a, of something larger than myself. But then in order to have gratitude, I've got to see that I'm also impacted by things. I'm not right. just this me against the world. I, I don't even, what's the part of our brains, this tiny little slimy thing that says I'm separate from everything else in the universe, <laughs> or that, that little disgusting part that just says everything else is working against me, right? It's like there's this aspect of ourselves that, hey, I, I'm really, I'm supported here. And a lot of people, if you ask them if they're supported, their first thing might be like, no, I'm not. And they're like, well, look around, look at all the things that are working, right? Like you said, the elevator or all the, all the things that are happening that we can be supported here. It, it seems essential that we have to get outside of our own head in that way to recognize that we are, that we can be grateful first and foremost. Does that make sense? No, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think gratitude, what makes partly what makes it so powerful, it's good for the thanker and the thanky. Like ideally people should be happy when you thank them, but then you feel better. So from a purely selfish point of view, gratitude is a, is a really good strategy. And, and that's sort of one of the big arcs of my life is that, the paradox that, you know, I was in my 20s and 30s really out for myself and uh, concerned about my own happiness. But uh, I'm sure some Buddhist has put it better. But when you are chasing exclusively your own happiness, you're never really happy. Uh, so the irony is, you know, as I don't know, just because I'm older and closer to death, I'm trying to 
think less about myself yeah. and more about my family or my extended family or, you know, humans or uh, uh, sentient being, whatever, a little bit outside of myself. And the more you can think of that, the happier you are because it's just it's a relief to to not be have everything be about your own happiness. It's a relief like, oh, you know, I had a bad day. Big deal. Big deal. I had a bad day. Like, you know, did I, how, how are other people doing? Can I help other people? So it's oh, weird. I bet you we can go a little far, right? We can, we can kind of disown our aspects, but I get what you're saying. Like it's, I think we are happier when we're not so focused on ourselves, right? When we're not looking in the mirror That's and like, how do I look? Idea. Yeah. Right. Like we're, we don't deny that there's challenges in our lives, but obviously there's, this is where we, f we just feel at, at our best when we're not, the whole story isn't about us and, and we exactly. can actually contribute to others. I do. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely paradox in a way. Yeah. You, you talked about reaching out and, and saying thank you to so many people as you, as you trace the pathway, you know, what, what actually creates a cup of coffee. I mean, you talk about the lids and the cups and the beans and you went to Columbia, like it's an amazing story, but Thanks, you really? call all of these people. I saw I caught, I caught the, the gratitude there. The, uh, but you, you <laughs> called all of these it's people. Was it hard for them to accept the gratitude? Like I, I just, when I say thank you, I really mean it. A lot of times you brush it off. People say thank you to me. I just brushed it off. It's mm. this thing like, I don't know what to do with gratitude. Was it, was it, we're, well, we're it is funny. You, you got a mixed reaction because, yeah, like you said, I would uh, I would sometimes I would visit people to thank them. I would cold call them or email them. And some of them, yeah, some of them were like, what's going on? Like, is this a uh, is this a pyramid scheme? What's <laughs> what, what are you trying to sell me? And I'm like, no, but I will say the majority of people were they were surprised, but in a pleasant way, like. I remember calling the woman who did pest control for the coffee bean warehouse. And I said, uh, I, I know this sounds a little strange, but I just want to thank you for keeping the bugs out of my coffee. And she was like, well, that is strange. But you know what? That that makes it that made my day. And uh, I felt it was it was like an anti crank phone call. It was like penance for all of the obnoxious crank phone calls I made in high school to like make fun of my principal. And uh, yeah, it, it, I think that there was just a study like two weeks ago that said we generally overestimate how awkward it's going to be to thank people and uh, underestimate how much it will mean to them. So my thought is, yeah, it is, you know, it's going to be a little tiny bit awkward, but it's worth it. Give it a shot. Yeah. I like that you, that you had that, that sense of like, let's go in there anyway. There's been times where I don't know, I'm checking out at the grocery store and uh, the cashier is just like, she's just a radiant person. Like, it's like, wow, I'm in a different mood because of who this person is, but I'll keep that to myself. I'll just, I'll just walk out and I'm like, man, I should have thanked her for that because <laughs> she just brightened my whole day. I just changed my whole mood. It's like, to not give the gratitude feels bad. Like it's, it has a, a, mm. a net negative effect of, of when we don't, or at least when I don't share, it's like, ah, oh, I like that. It yeah. doesn't feel good. It feels like, ah, oh, I didn't give this gift and now I'm going to hold this burden kind of thing. So it's like, it feels good to just be like, wow, you really, thank you. You made my day. You just holy, you just totally lit my whole day up. So thanks so much for that. Um, uh, I love that. Yeah. I, I want to get to this part because there's another thread here, which is, what happens when we get curious, right? If we're so self-absorbed and all we can think about is not is what's not going right or what's missing in life, 
we don't get to take into account what goes into the things that are in our life, like just this, this simple cup of coffee that we have every morning. And I'm just curious where, you, where how that impacted you to, to start to see all the mechanisms, even like the, the logo on the cup and what it took to, to how the, uh, the jacket was made and where it was, you know, how it was in the, the modern museum of art, like all of this stuff that we just, blindly go through life doing you started to research the lid like it was the tesla of lids that was on your cup of coffee like everything like but there's something that happens when you slow down and you start to appreciate what goes into something so simple that we have another experience of it can you talk about how your experience of a cup of coffee is different now than it was before absolutely and i think you put it uh very well it's just this idea of noticing the thousands of little hidden masterpieces all around us and uh, you know i i thanked not just the coffee makers but you know i i needed the cup to have my coffee so i thanked the cup makers and then uh the the little cardboard sleeve on the coffee, which I learned has a name. This uh, Zarf, Z-A-R-F is the name of, and and there were ancient Zarfs in like China made of gold and tortoise shell. Oh, we got to step it up. We got to step up our Zarf game. That, and it's also, I think that's more like environmentally sound, like a recyclable zarf. You know, gold zarf, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, but I interviewed the guy who created the modern zarf, and it was a wonderful story. He was just uh, picking up his daughter from school, and the coffee he, he got at a takeout was too hot, so he spilled it. And then he's like, this has got to stop. Yeah. And he created the zarf, and I just love that every you know if you look around everything has i'm looking now at the desk lamp and it's got this uh on off switch and which has like a little indentation for my thumb it's not like a flat uh, and, and someone thought about that and someone you know came up with like eight different designs and it just makes me happy to know that there are all these people putting passion and thought into everything we do. And it, it, it makes you take things less for granted. I guess, you know, life's not as mundane as it may appear. It reminds me, I went on a, this was years ago. Uh, I, I went on a date with this gal and it was, wasn't much of a date. I, I don't remember anything about the date other than we went back to her place and we walk in and she's got all these paintings everywhere that she's working on. They're all of Beatles, not, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, but actual beetles. And they're beautiful. These large beetles and the iridescent colors and everything. And I just remember I saw her differently. I was like, wow, that she saw this beauty and she was interpreting it in such a way. So I just had a whole new appreciation for her. And when she revealed that this is what she does with her time and, um, oh, I love that story. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's like you get out of that mundane, you can, you can judge things to be mundane, but then you really take a look and you get to know them and you start to see how, brilliant they are and how how right. uh, how extraordinary they are and i mean it is it's related to one of the lessons i talk about in the book is which is just look up from your cell phone from your uh smartphone if, because you know that first day when i was waiting online for my coffee I, I said to myself part of being grateful is is observing and appreciating what's in front of us and so i i i did the shocking thing of m- removing my eyes from my iphone screen and looking around and i was like oh well look that light bulb is kind of indigo colored isn't that lovely and you know and i think that um I'm not a Luddite. I do love my iPhone, but I also think that looking at it 
for 80% of the day is yeah. not good for your health. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I, I, I love the book. It's, 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 it's a much shorter book than you've, you've written in the past and just really direct. Um, and I just love going on a ride. There were things that I drink coffee every day too, but I, I didn't have an appreciation for what goes into coffee, but just then, you know, just the basics of what it goes into a cup. You wouldn't think that that stuff was interesting, but it was one of those like, well, I got to keep going, keep seeing where this goes. And you go to Columbia <laughs> and you talk to the guys that grow it. So I, I thought it was really fascinating. You always have great angles on things. I know if you're going to write about coffee, it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be fun at the same time. So, uh, well, and it's not really about coffee, right? But uh, it's all about the things we talked about here. So where do we learn more? What's the, I know it's going to be on Amazon. Is there any place else you want us to go if we're going to learn more about the book? Sure, Amazon. I mean, I love my independent bookstores, so if you actually want to go out and buy it at a bookstore, that's fine. But it's also on Kindle. And um, and actually, I'm doing this a little um, – uh, I don't know what you call it, like a little uh, project where I am uh, writing 1,000 handwritten thank you notes to anyone who has read my books. So uh, – and it's been hilarious and delightful and strange because um, I, I have a form on my website. It's ajjacobs.com slash thanks. So if you go on there and just fill in your name I and snail mail address and any message you want me to write, I will write a handwritten note on paper and send it to you. And that has been both a pain in the ass, but also <laughs> a complete joy because I get to read all of these interesting people and and their comments. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm doing that. I'm I'm pretty much at a thousand, but I'm going to extend it to, to uh, more. So if you want to do that, I'd be happy to send you a uh, handwritten note. All right, ajjacobs.com/slash thanks. Yeah, is that correct? Exactly. All right, and the book is thanks a thousand. That's uh, it. Yep. Get out there, check it out. Uh, AJ, great to talk to you again. Thanks so much, man. Well, thank you. All right, hold on. No, I no, I, I learned it. Like, I, I'm grateful. You there you go. Yes. That is now I feel it. Yes, <laughs> I am full of gratitude for you as well. You're feeling it. Okay. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit the new man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.